0: Welcome to the Archways Podcast. Archways is recorded on the campus of Johnson C. Smith University and intended to support the goals of the Center for American Culture and Race, which is housed on the campus of our partner institution, Guangdong Baiyun University in Guangzhou, China. The center and this podcast are designed to help our Chinese colleagues and friends understand and experience American culture through the lens of race. Here now are your hosts from Johnson C. Smith, Dr. Brian Jones, and Dr. Matthew DeForest. letters, and on behalf of the Council of Deans, it is my pleasure to introduce our distinguished speaker for today's Honors Convocation in this J.C.S.U.'s 150th anniversary year. As is now our tradition, the speaker for this event is the most recent recipient of the Cato Par Excellence Teaching Award. The Cato Award recognizes excellence in both scholarship and pedagogy, and encourages and supports innovative projects associated directly with student learning. The winner of the 2016 Cato Award was Dr. Cheryl Butler-Brayboy, Associate Professor of English, and we're excited that she's here today to speak to this assembly. Dr. Butler-Brayboy's impressive biography is noted in your program, and to that I will only add just a little bit. Dr. Butler-Brayboy represents both the past and the future of Johnson C. Smith University. The brave boy in her name harkens back to the honor and tradition of this venerable institution and those who gave it life over the years. But her exceptional academic pedigree, her respected and sought-after journalistic skills and talent, and her ability to maneuver between various humanities disciplines places her solidly amidst the faculty vanguard of the new urban university. Dr. Bravo's reliable and inspiring on-air smile makes her masks her resilience and strength. Her remarkable and historic family narrative enriches both her scholarly pursuits and our collective memory. She is a legacy to the JCSU tradition, but steadfastly committed to innovative teaching and excellent scholarship for a new generation of students and a new university. And she is wife to Jack and mother to Gianna, but at Johnson C. Smith University, she is a core member of our master faculty and the 2016 Cato Par Excellence Teaching Award winner. Please join me in welcoming our speaker, Dr. Cheryl Butler-Braver.
1: Well, thank you, Dean Jones. Those words made me want to pass out. (laughs) Good morning, everyone, good morning, faculty, students, staff, members of the Council of Deans, Dr. Carter. I'd like to also thank my family for being here today. My father, Dr. Gerald Butler, traveled here from Florida, along with Joyce Karen. My mother-in-law, Jean Brainboy, and my husband, Jack, who in the camera, and my daughter, Gianna, are here. And what a pleasure it is to be here this morning. I would like to dedicate this speech to my late mother, Lois Crimm Butler, who passed away in my second year on the job here, and to my brother, Jerry, who passed away in September during the fall semester. I've learned one thing through loss. Life is precious, days are fleeting, and we must act on what we know. Men must not only know, they must act. It's been three weeks since a group of nine students, Pat Newell of the Phasing Up program, my husband, daughter, and I, traveled to Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic for spring break. It was an educational trip sponsored for the most part by Cato, but also supported by Mellon and Phasing Up and Jack and Jill Charlotte Chapter. We met children from Hogar Bendicion, an orphanage in Santo Domingo, sweet faces wearing unrelenting smiles. These are children who remain at that orphanage until they reach adulthood with no opportunity for adoption. We left with happy photos and crying hearts. We met Los Niños de la Calle, street children who were busy selling flowers, magnets, fruit, and a shoe shine on the street corner to raise money to survive. They were enterprising and gusty salesmen, unwilling to leave without the deal sealed. We viewed the remains of Cristóbal Colón, Christopher Columbus, hanging in a vault in La Capital, and we watched as the Secret Service moved the President of the Dominican Republic from one venue to the next. Cameras and commotion, but the commander remained under cloak and veil. Our eyes lathered the landscape. I'm extremely grateful to the Cato family, Dr. Carter, Dean Jones, Dr. DeForest, and the Cato committee for this trip. It's been years since I took my first trip to the Dominican Republic as an undergraduate student. Yo viajaba a Santiago de los Caballeros. Fue un programa de intercambio internacional. I was an international exchange student from Spelman College, traveling to Santiago to live with the Dominican family. Que Culture shock. But what an experience. Cheeching in the Campo Beach Monday, dining under the open sky, in El Campo de Palma Arriba. By our standards, the family was poor, Dirt floors, a clay stove, an outdoor shower, and a makeshift hut. But their lives were rich. They cooked for us each Monday, arroz con habichuelas, and those beans and rice were really good. They also made una limonata fresca, a fresh and refreshing lemonade. That trip was catalytic. One day I would return again as a professor with students in tow. It's taken a couple of decades for this dream to mature, for the catalytic moment to yield its greatest reward, but mis compañeros, it was worth the wait. In science, catalytic means the causing or accelerating of a chemical change by the addition of a catalyst a substance that causes a chemical reaction to occur at a faster rate than is otherwise possible. In literature, it is the occasion when social action, sometimes a brand of psychological or social conversion, is triggered rapidly and spontaneously by a powerful and stylized writing. When W.E.B. Du Bois wrote The Souls of Black Folk, published in 1903, his writing was met with two contrary responses. One group of critics thought it was biblical in its spiritual power to instigate social uplift in a community of devastated black folk thirsty for social change. A second group of critics tagged the book dangerous and feared its evil content, its authority to trigger racial Armageddon in America. Both groups of critics agreed the book had a catalytic texture It could and would trigger something revolutionary in its community of readers, and it has for generations. Gloria Anzaldua wrote a book called Borderlands, La Frontera, about the dilemma of living on the border between Mexico and the United States, the dilemma of merging two identities without contradiction. Anzaldua says the book poured through her as she lay in the dark. The impact of her words catalytic. A critic from The Village Voice wrote, quote, The emotional and intellectual impact of the book is disorienting and powerful for the people whose experiences she captures the words are life-changing psychologically liberating in fact words can be catalytic my mother-in-law's boston university grad school friend martin luther king jr literally changed the universe when he wrote and then uttered these words i have a dream That my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. The speech triggered an avalanche of change in the realms of education, law, literature, and life. Words can be potent and catalytic. Actions can be catalytic too. In 2004, young Barack Obama stepped up to the podium at the Democratic National Convention in Boston, an unknown Illinois state senator in the running for the big chair, the U.S. Senate. He took the mic, then the country, by storm. There was magic in the hum of his voice, a political tenor who could sing words of hope and democratic harmony like King himself, stretching words like freedom, democracy, hope, into tiny columns with layered and spiritually packed meanings. His speech was not about the mountaintop per se, but about the joy of the climb. I watched as Americans answered back in collective voice an immediate chorus of followers. The nation was fragmented and hungry for change, and Barack Obama seemed the man who could deliver against all odds. It's one thing to witness a moment of political magic and think, something special happened here. It's another thing to see the unthinkable mane manifest right before our eyes. This catalytic moment changed everything. Remember Du Bois' words, men must not only know, they must act. Life can turn on a catalytic symbol, too. The black and white photo of my father perched on the piano my entire childhood. He was young and wiry, wearing a 1960s era suit, a broadcaster's smile. The radio mic was propped on the desk before him. He was a sports broadcaster in the early years before pursuing his PhD. I was inspired by that photo and followed in his footsteps. Another symbol, my mother's old typewriter, where I would hammer out stories of mystery and mayhem. I followed in her footsteps, her footsteps too. My daughter's ballet shoes, one pair for every era. When she was four, when she was six, and now she's eight. Also her, char- her charcoal landscape sketch, featuring a row of mountains laced in snow. That inspires me too. My husband's camera and old newsroom photos, my brother's glasses, my sister's silver bracelet, my mother's ebony magazine, Du Bois's trading card, Baldwin's Pulpit, Harriet Jacob's Garrett, Edgar Allan Poe's Vulture Eye, my mother in law's old photos of her ancestors, like her grandfather Isaac Martin, who graduated from JCSU in 1898, and photos of her father and his brothers who graduated from Smith in the 1920s and 1930s. Of course, the image of her late husband my husband's father, Jack S. Bramway, Jr., a great Smith alum, All-American football player here, and former vice president of the university for whom the gym is named. I'm inspired by the will of John Sutton, the slave master of my paternal fourth-great-grandfather, his slave, and my fourth-great-grandmother, Lucy, in the movie played by Leslie Gutierrez, and our very own professor aquí, Gary Guffey. The Freedom Papers of John Butler, my paternal great-grandfather, an escaped slave and Civil War veteran. You see, you must find catalysts in the world around you. In words, in actions, in symbols, in signs. Students, you have to dig up the inspiration. I want to draw your attention to one more catalytic moment. In 2008, Dr. Ronald Carter entered the gates along 100 Beatty's Ford Road a man with a vision to build on the incredible legacy left by his predecessors, to transform JCSU into an international campus with students bearing gifts from California and Johannesburg, Kingston, Mexico City, and Connecticut. Dr. Carter, when we first met, I, and Jack, were nine months pregnant. And you looked at me upon that first meeting and you said, When are you due? (laughs) And I said, Today. (laughs) (laughs) He was not thrilled (laughs) by (laughs) that (laughs) response. Well, today I am pregnant again. No. Thank you for your inspiration, your catalytic gift, for giving us the inspiration to build this place from the ground up. And students, keep striving. In the words of W.E.B. Du Bois once again, strive for that greatness of spirit that measures life not by its disappointments, but by its possibilities.
0: The Archways Podcast is a production of Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte, Louisiana, USA, in partnership with the Guangdong Bainu University and Guangzhou's People's Republic of China. Archways is made possible through generous funding from the United States Embassy in Beijing, China, and through the College of Arts and Letters at Johnson C. Smith University. Additional support has been provided by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Subscribe to this podcast through iTunes. Email us at jcsuartsletters at gmail.com.